Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I used to think Osimo was the king of having the most different camera setups, you know, always doing a show in a different room or office. And I feel like you're coming from the crown every single week. You're somewhere new now. Yeah. One, one location for 95% of these podcasts. And then now I like six in the last two months. Are you still in Florida? In Florida, up in my brother's place. Nice. How, how has the trip been going? All right. Just hanging out, chilling. I just got off the golf course, grabbed some food on the way home. There you go. Where just, where were you at? Dumped you... like ten inches in Chicago. So you're like, I have no interest in going back right now. <laughs> going back tomorrow. Have you still been not been playing DFS? No, I did hand build some PGA lineups today while I was sitting there waiting for my brother to finish some work. I had built one too because uh, I got like a DraftKings offer. They're like, you know, we'll give you a free entry into the Super Bowl contest if you put whatever in play for PGA. So I quickly went to Osimo's leverage rankings and, and hand built <laughs> what I assume is like the shittiest lineup ever. <laughs> we'll see. Some of the ones I built might beat you. So do you have you found this break ultimately though to feel refreshing and, and rejuvenated? Like, do you think it's giving you uh, like you're excited to attack it when you get back? Yeah, maybe a little bit. It's a nice little break. Yeah, not have to worry about anything. Yeah. But, uh, I don't just... know. Rejuvenated seems a little too strong so far. But, you know, going out, we go. We went out like almost every night too. So that nah, wearing on me in <laughs> my old Yeah, age. you're right. That's how I, I, I like – I'm such a, an extremist with stuff. Like, you know, I'm with my buddies in Tahoe a couple weekends ago, drinking, eating, whatever – and then feel like so much shit. And now I'm like, I'm not drinking alcohol. I'm eating clean. I'm working out. Cause it's just like the moderation thing is so hard for me. And it's just like, every time I finish one of those weekends or a trip like that, I'm like, God, I need to hit a hard reset. Yeah, for sure. That, that's what I'm going to, that's what I'm going to be doing. But it, it sounds, it sounds like a, a fun time. Uh, what, what else have you guys been doing? Have you gotten to golf much at all? No, because the weather down here hasn't been that good. It's been like fifties, you know? So and everyone who lives down here, you know, 50s is like freezing for for us. So no one wants to go out, like go to the golf course. So, but you know, it doesn't matter. Like the the we went like there's a there's just bars and bar restaurants and everything on the water everywhere. So like we we've just gone a whole bunch of different places, try a bunch of seafood, which is what fine with me. Just chill, relax, anyways. What's the best thing you've ate down there? Um. Probably the grouper. I had a grouper that was pretty good. Nice. I'm not a big fish guy, but you got to do it when you're near the near the water, right? 
Yeah. I mean, that was like, you know, growing up in Colorado did never had uh, much good seafood. I had never even really tried sushi growing up. And then you get to San Diego, you get to the coast and you're like, oh, holy shit. Yeah, this is this is on a different level. I've ate, I've gotten a couple good restaurants in San Diego. Wow, yeah. that's true. Who, uh, I think I missed it. Who, who ended up winning the DraftKings Tournament of Champions? Oh, I they, see. I'm not paying attention right now. I don't know who did. Does anyone know in chat? Does, does anyone know? Did who, Travis who, win? I did see like, uh, I think on Sunday I saw one update tweet and the only name I think I recognized and you won't believe this, but uh, Oxen Duck uh, somewhere, it was in the top 10, but that was the only name I recognized. Amazing. Guys, amazing. Uh, did you, did you like that? Uh, the, the ox and duck clip? Yeah. 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 That was funny. I it was mean... funny too. Cause it, um, it got in the YouTube algorithm a, a little bit where there were a uh, couple commenters I didn't recognize. And one guy was just like, I see this guy's name at the top of the leaderboards all the time. <laughs> it was like, yep, <laughs> that's the point. He's I have been getting like a few DMS lately of like, I, I, I've, I, uh, I caught you from the show, which is different. That's different for us. Right. Usually it's the other way around where. Right. When we first started anyways. Did it, did Oxen Duck make a comment? Uh, I know you guys are DM buddies on, on the other video. No, he, he has an, I'll, I'll, I'll send him something when I get a second here. You're like, Hey, I'll, I'll send him a link. Maybe it's yes. Send it, send him the link to that. Maybe, we, maybe we could smoke him out. Uh, I want, yeah. I don't know if you saw the, uh, we did a club top shot episode a few weeks ago with D's who, uh, big NFT thought leader, but he's still pseudo anonymous. And so he came on the show and he had like a Snapchat filter. So it's his voice, but it just had some like anime thing. It would be the absolute incredible most incredible bit if oxen duck came on with like a squid staff chat filter <laughs> to, to do an interview with us i was thinking howard the duck yeah the howard the duck movie yeah uh, yeah i want him there's a couple other guys i'm trying to get on too who've dm me in the you know whatever in the recent past so hopefully we can get some more good guys on you were talking about somebody too um uh, today would it be interesting a couple, we, we, we still need to get more sports betting guys on. I've been slacking on that. So hopefully maybe we can hit that up too. Yeah. Um, as you guys have probably learned from Brian and I's process, we aren't, um, super proactive on the guest booking front, but we are very receptive, uh, to, uh, requests. If you are, uh, not to be an asset, but topical or relevant, uh, with something going on that we talk about, uh, we would love to, uh, to have you on. Yeah, I mean, or, or crypto or whatever, you know, the things we always talk about. Gam, gam, any sort of gambling would be cool. Like even if you're like an AP, like a casino AP or a horse, horse better or something pro, like that'd be cool to hear. Although the NLOs exist. And I never, I don't want to ever make assumptions about the audience. We did that, uh, it must have been like six months ago when we're, we were like, there, we can't have too many young people watching us. And then there were all these 20-year-olds and 21-year-olds. So who who knows who who ends up listening to this show? That's true. You never know. Um, but yeah, that tweet that you were referencing today and, uh, it's normally, I don't, we don't have a ton that we come into the show specifically wanting to talk about, but I did see this thread, um, today by the risk of ruin podcast, which is a really good podcast. And I think we've even referenced it on the show before, um, because they do kind of really good, well-produced deep dives on topics that are kind of tangentially related to sports betting gambling i would say it's all about kind of like edge seeking specifically i know i listened to an episode about like gaming credit card miles and uh hmm. and stuff like that so a pretty wide breadth there but he had this thread and um 
and we can kind of talk about it. I don't know if we need to read every single tweet, but kind of curious your thoughts. He kind of diving into basically where sports betting is at right now and kind of the issues that both the providers and the customers are facing with this current dynamic. Yeah, we probably do need to read a couple of the important ones he said in here, maybe. And so we did a podcast, our, our show, I don't know, eight months ago, like almost identical to this to this topic. And so I was trying. So I read this article and then there's a um, another article by the Plus EV analyst. Yeah. Twitter, and I read that one. I was trying to think, like, has my opinion changed at all from that? And um I don't think it has. Like, I still think almost everything I thought in that podcast. So uh, if anyone wants to go check out that old lows, just look in. I can't remember what the title was, but you can look in Pete's YouTube and find it. And I was kind of interested um, if maybe you kind of throwing out some opinions and I reacting to you this time, as opposed to the last time I think I was kind of driving the train, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, let's let's kind of just to set the table, you know, kind of read uh, some of these these tweets here. Um, he says it's a shit show because the sports book cannot manage to keep their story straight for more than about five minutes at a time. As an example, here is video of DK's Jason Robinson trying to clarify earlier comments he had made about not wanting winners at <laughs> DraftKings, and we don't have to watch it. There's also clips no. from from Portnoy, right. and there's there's a theme to these clips from Robbins and Portnoy, right? Where they don't want to come out and explicitly say like, Hey, we just want casual sports betters because mm -hmm. that's not good PR. But on the other hand, they end up twisting themselves into knots. And uh, I think he uses the, uh, the phrase here now turn the topic back to sports and the moral clarity is gone. When he's talking sports, Portnoy engages in the same sleight of hand that Robbins used. People like card counters can't be tolerated. Um, he says if they had a good case, they wouldn't be relying on a combination of bait and switch ad hominem arguments. Can you flesh out for people a little bit more about this kind of like double speak that we're seeing from these guys? Well, definitely from Port Portnoy, right? Uh, yeah. More so than Robbins because Portnoy will go on, on topics other than his, you know, his main industry and kind of, you know, have his, have his own moral hierarchy kind of applied in the way he sees fit. I don't know. I'm trying to think of one of the ones he used to stomp for. He stomped for a bunch of stuff, and I'm, I'm that's I, I have no problem with that at all either. Um, but he he does do it. And then in this little interview, if you guys watch it uh, on his show, he uh, I haven't watched in a while, but yeah, he really backtracks kind of on him, on really on his brand too. Like I think it's right. just I think he should. It would be perfect for him to try to be the pinnacle bookmaker circa of America. It would be like right on brand. Man um, and he wouldn't need to be doing this bullshit. And then like his, like, I think his main argument is he's trying to kick off like the botters and the people right. using like these computer bots on their, their program. But like, like, um, you know, I haven't, I, I know that they do ban, they have limited a lot of people. I haven't bet on there a ton, but, um, I'm assuming if you bet props there, you're going to get limited in a day. I'm, I don't know if, like I haven't seen a ton of, of, um, of pics of that on Twitter though. Have you? I I have not. I have not seen that. Yeah, because I mean that is a line, right? Like the botting guys, and just anyone who's shows a sign of profit, you just you're just gonna kick them off after a certain amount of time. Like, 
you know, I, like the bombing guys would be like, okay, fine. And then like, you just let, let some prop better guy who's like, you know, occasionally bet sides, let him play for a while. Like that seems fair, but I'm pretty sure they're probably just banning anyone who's winning. Right. Yeah, and in, in that article you mentioned down here too by uh, Plus EV Analytics, I, I recommend this. I'll drop the thread right here uh, in the chat, and I'll post it in the show notes after. But you can scroll down to that reply. You know, he was talking kind of about how there's basically two types of sports books: the soft sports books and the sharp sports books. The ones like Circa and Pinnacle, and they're willing to take bets from anyone because the reason it's a symbiotic relationship where they're happy to get that information from the sharp betters. And then that improves their lines. And that's a trade-off they're willing to take. Whereas these soft books like Barstool, you know, they they really only want the casual players. And if you show any propensity for being a competent sports better, you're going to get quickly banned. Right. And then but then they also do their whole marketing towards rec players, right? Like their entire MO now is just just the overs club and parlays and and shit like that. So that's where they're they're saying it's predatory. <clears throat> the, I think the main thing that and this is from the last podcast we did too is kind of just how you see how you think government should work. So like I in my opinion, I know most people don't agree with me, I think businesses should be able to do whatever they want. As long as it's a voluntary in- interaction between consenting adults and it doesn't hurt anybody. But especially in the sin world, like cigarettes, booze, gambling, that's not the world we live in at all. Like it's a hybrid, almost a hybrid government private partnership. And so those moral waters get murky. So, like, someone, like, if someone who's like, you know, not in the political theory just goes like, you know, I think a business should uh, should be able to do whatever they want. It's like, no, well, no, you don't really. Like, you don't think they should discriminate based on someone's skin color or something like that, do you? Like, you definitely think there should be rules on X, Y, and Z, so you're not 100% on board with that. But the more and more that, that the state gets involved on these issues, where do you go? Okay, well, the state should defend us. The state, I mean, it's a it's a hybrid partnership deal. They're getting ton, tons of tax revenue in it. Maybe they should make some laws. Maybe maybe this isn't a private business. Maybe they should do something like this. And that's kind of like the, as far as I see it, the divide here. Because like de- deciding all these like policy things, like, the, like everyone in these in the podcasts we're talking about, the article, us, compared to the normal population, compared to the legislators, we are experts. Like by... We know tons and tons more than they do. And they're never going to be, they're never going to know what the hell we're talking about. It has nothing to do with that. It just has to do with the power dynamics at the state level. So like I have here in Florida, I've been watching, you know, Florida TV and the, um, the ads are different, obviously. And they're the, the, um, the, the Indian casinos are just pumping ads like crazy. And, and like, they're, they're, they're like very, like misleading, right? They're saying like, if you vote for sports betting, you're going to take money out of Florida. Please don't take money out of Florida. And it's like, that's not exactly what's going to happen. It'll probably take a little money out of the the Indian casinos, but like the tax revenue brought in from Barstool and et cetera will still be there. And the, and the, the power dynamic that you have to grant, like wrap your head around 
It's like put yourself in the shoes of like a state senator or something like that. So you're the state I'd senator. Not. <laughs> <laughs> you're the state senator. You have a casino. This works with any big business, but you have a casino. They employ hundreds of your residents to vote for you. They have donated to your campaign probably for 20, 30 years. You know these people. They donate to the state party. Um, they're a huge tax revenue for the apparatus that you work for. These are your allies. Why would you give a shit about Barstool? Right? Honestly, like they'll, they'll, they'll go like, oh, no, well, we need, you know, free markets, et cetera. But it's like I got hundreds of people who work for me. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like if you think of it from an incentives and consequences standpoint, this Barstool is their enemy. So it's like that if and if that wasn't true, right? Like there would have been sports books decades ago. There would have been poker, you know, decades ago. And that's the thing that's holding it all back is this power dynamic of of um who are who are the allies and how many how many allies can you build on the other side and why it's really, really tough to to see anything that happens. But anyway, but but anyways, and then bringing that back full circle to to our issue is like, okay, well, what's kind of the moral just like, what is, what is morally acceptable here? Cause if you control power, Pete, like we, let's say somehow we get control. We start a lobbying group, right? We get a whole bunch Assistant of money from to the regional captor, captain is what we campaign on, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Like we get a lobbying group, Pete runs for office. Who knows? It's like, of course we would go like, no. All right. If you're going to be a, a, a state slash private business partnership you can't just ban everyone willy-nilly like we need like we'd have to like see that for sure they're a bot and stuff like that we we totally put checks and checks on their power if that's like the the you know the world we'd live in but like everything else is just kind of uh it's like missing the forest for the trees a little bit it's like this is this is like old school political problems like how much should the state be involved in these sin sectors you know Right. And that actually kind of dovetails to another part of this thread where, you know, the, the state, you know, requires these guys to have this responsible gaming element to their marketing here. You know, we, we have a tweet shared here. Betting should be fun and should be also be done responsibly when joining in on the fun of sports gambling. Make sure you have a game plan and know all of the best tips to help you stay safe. And then, of course, what, you know, uh, half Kelly's pointing out here. And then they will be pumping the most ludicrous, you know, negative EV parlay bets using this as the like you were saying, the overs club, all of these things. So it's like the the mixed messaging with this stuff is just it's out of control. We mentioned too on our last one. Remember the um, the casino hotline, right? Like the phone that's in the casino. If you have a gambling problem, you can pick it up and call like one eight hundred Gambler. It was like in in Las Vegas. It's like how often do you think that phone gets used? And they, so they have they just they 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 put um you know what what is a window dressing or whatever they put like lipstick on a pig just to like pacify the the masses if they can like okay well what about this legislation we're gonna protect you by making them put a warning it's like okay that's that's not doing it champ and like that like now that they're all in bed with each other right now that they're allies and they're getting revenue they're providing jobs depends on where they're at like because like in, in illinois they had to partner with the casinos right this was the negotiation that took place with the with the original casinos and then DK and all the other 
outside sports books wanted to get in. They had to like buy or get ownership of existing casinos in Illinois. So now you're right back into like, okay, they're providing revenue. They're providing employees for these senators. And it's like, why would they, why would they be on our side? Like for them, it's a, you're going to spit in the face of this behemoth ally. It makes no sense politically. Like if you have any ambition at all and like, you're just relent- completely re- relying on their benevolence. Right. Yeah. And this, uh, just to kind of round out some of this, uh, tweet thread here uh sportsbook pay lots for content they own analysis sites they pay celebrities they sponsor shows aimed at helping customers pick winners which is sort of a statement against interest as it relates to their claims that this is all for fun i find the whole idea that you can draw a line to separate recreational from professional betters to be fairly ridiculous and i think that you can see how ridiculous ridiculous it is by looking at the book's attempts at messaging around it. If it was a straightforward and easily defended idea, then books would be able to offer a straightforward and sensible defense. The problem is that the separation of recreation and professional only happens by results. They can't be divided by intent. Both groups think they're doing the same thing. Not great for books that try to tell customers that their money is just for kicks, but where the books catch a break is that they are able to enter into a conspiracy of necessity with the losers. If you make 30K a year and you lost 3K betting sports, you can't attempt to say that you did it to make money. Claiming it was for entertainment is sort of the last refuge, and the books are happy to also pretend that that's the case. So everyone agrees it's just for fun. Also, the fact that books pay hundreds of dollars, sometimes more, to acquire each customer and then make zero attempt to verify the customer's ability to lose money responsibly is essentially a trump card against any of their claims about entertainment. Um, So it is just, it's such a messed up scenario where the sports books are just playing the game that the, you know, the state has set up for them to play and they just wiggle around it to serve their interests. Yep. I mean, and I agree with all that. And this yeah. is this is kind of like just an in, the interesting mindset between someone who's worked for the state and someone who knows nothing about politics is like he's going like I can draw this logical conclusion from point A to point B to point C why this doesn't make any sense and it's wrong morally or something like that, right? And then they're going to go like checkmate. I just need to bring this to a wide audience, right? Enough people need to hear about it. It's that is nothing to they don't give a fuck. They're like, cool story, bro. You know what I mean? They're not going to say that to your face. Like, you can go down to, you know, the Capitol, Springfield, or wherever you're at, and go and they'll meet with you. And like, oh, that, that, we're, you know, we're going to look into that. I'm going to have, and I'll put someone in contact with you and we're going to look into this. And then, you know, six months down the line, they'll, they'll be like, oh, here's what we came up with. We're going to have the warning symbol, right? You know, like that we just saw five minutes ago. It doesn't change their incentives and consequences at all. Yep. Like drawing yeah. logic, logical lines is great and all, but it's pure. They do not, they, they honestly don't give a shit because you're, you're, you're providing very little incentive for them and just completely relying on their logic of benevolence where they have, they have a casino in their backyard, hundreds of employees, billions in taxes, millions in donations. Who, why do you think you would win? You're not. 
And uh, to kind of put a bow on his his thread here, he, you know, he says, in defense of the books, I will say that the answer to they answer to public shareholders, and they do have a responsibility to make money for those shareholders. But the jurisdictions that regulate them don't. The regulators should require fairness so that the books aren't allowed to bum hunt when they've posted a line that, in theory, all customers should be able to bet into. There's no reason that the regulators have to be accomplices to a parasitic business model. And and so like. Here's another an example of when um, under Obamacare, where they changed the law that you can't deny someone for pre-existing conditions, right? That's private sector industries that are completely intertwined. And I'm not justifying any of this stuff, by the way. I'm just pointing out an example of where this has happened. Private institutions, right? Uh, hospitals and insurance companies enforcing them to go no you have to provide this service to this group of people so like it ha it has happened and in it and it's in, in speaking of heavily regulated the insurance companies are just super super regulated right and in in sports books in terms of regulation anyways are no different they're super heavily regulated yeah and i mean oh go ahead i just i mean it's just like i hate talking like this honestly because I just wish they just weren't involved at all. Right. And I think competition would would win out because we could just go plan Pinnacle or Bookmaker or whatever. You know what I mean? Like we can find more outs. There would be more Pinnacles. There would be more Bookmakers. In that article, uh, Plus EV Analytics says, like, in his opinion, um, if, there was if there was only like Circas and stuff like that, all the other ones wouldn't compete and we wouldn't have as many outs. I think that's – I don't think that is what would happen at all. I think we'd still have – um, tons of options and like middle of the road ones. They're just not as good. You know, they're just not as good as bookmaker or whatever. So like, I, I would think that would be, that would be the world I want to live in, but we don't, we don't live in that world at all. And I don't know what, I mean, how, like lot drawing, showing them the logic is not going to do shit is my point. No. And all the money, like who, who has the, the the purse the purse strings it's the operators who have a shit ton of money and mm -hmm. it's the anti-gambling lobbyists who they have their agenda and they they can get money from donors and then the people that are actually the consumers and the players on these sites like how how are their actual best interests ever going to have enough money behind it to enact change you remember we had like the plan would be you gotta you gotta have a lot you gotta like hire lobbyists in multiple states you gotta get the press on board and you gotta get litigious like it's it, and, and 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 by the way after spending all that money doing all that stuff you still probably don't win you still probably don't win and it would cost a ton and maybe even the organization you start to try to change that would get co-opted like um the play po the uh, uh poker players alliance did back in whatever 2011 2012 yeah. So I mean, it's it's uh, it's a it's not. <laughs> I think there's very little chance that uh, the status quo is going to change that much. Like, hopefully, Circa gets really popular, and they don't tax it so heavily that some some other new companies who I don't know, CBS or somebody will t like dip their dip their uh, feed in, and we can get a little more competition. Um, but I, I don't know. I think the status quo is kind of what we got. And so, you know, hopefully more people in Boston and Florida can finally place a $20 bet on the Super Bowl legally. 
I know. Soon. It's yeah, it's still crazy. It seems like at least we're getting a couple more states. I mean, New York was big. What was the didn't we just have one the other day? Was it like Arkansas? I want to say there was another new state the other day. Oh, I'm not paying attention that closely. Florida had it. This is my understanding what they were telling me down here. Florida had it for like a week. And then there was more like arguing and they pull it. That's insane. Yeah, I know. Which is like, yeah, I mean, there's not enough people who care. It's still got, it's still got the, um, you know, like the Puritan, this is bad thing. Yeah. Not enough people talk about too. Like I, like they, we should just be preaching gambling's a form of entertainment. Like you don't expect to make a profit by going, going to see a movie. So you don't have to make a profit on every single thing you find entertaining. It's ridiculous. It's just got this old stigma. But it does have an element where you can make money if you're good. Yeah. I mean, you can't count cards any, you know, like even in the Illinois casinos, you'll get you'll get kicked out. Right. So it's I mean, it'd be nice. It'd be nice somehow if if there would be someone to, pa- to get enough votes to pass something, even though I don't agree with getting this involved in, in other people's uh, businesses. But yeah. And it, 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 I like when I think of like the paths of least resistance and you know, what you outline as far as what it would take from a litigious and lobbying element, which just feels almost impossible and and overwhelming. It's like, I go back to that thing of like, is is peer to peer sports betting? Is is that the only way to save us where it's like, basically it's a game of poker and the house is going to take their rake for providing the software and the lobbies and stuff for this and find ways for us to do peer-to-peer sports betting. It seems like that's the only way out of this for us. Yeah. Are you saying like a crypto version? So it has no, it's like a decentralized or is there a figurehead? Well, that would be cool. But I, I was saying like, yeah, more that these books, cause they already have the technology and the stuff to like offer these bets and stuff and basically provide a sandbox for people to offer and take action and have a central hub where people, um, could come and and place those bets with each other. So like there are problems with peer to peer, like, like, um, uh, matchbook and stuff. Like, obviously I'm not an expert cause I'm American, so we don't have that, but I have looked into it a decent amount. Um, where it's kind of like the old poker lobby. Do you guys remember this? Like the head to head poker lobby where, you know, whatever Durr has every single seat or, you know, name your Doug Polk, name your stud of the, it depends on the year. And you just like, you're not going to get, you're not going to sit down on any head to head because uh, there there's seats taken, you know? So um, this is where those randomized pools come in, which is, I think DraftKings and FanDuel should implement, by the way, um, randomized pools for, for 50 fifties and stuff, double ups and stuff. Yeah. And so like, Hey, that would be great. Let's bring it. Um, I'm not sure. Like that's a huge, huge solution. And I still think it's, it's the same it's the same problems. Like hopefully more companies like the, the barrier to entry, which is very high in a lot of States, millions of dollars and getting that license too. like, they're going to oppose that you getting that license kind you know, um, and licenses are at the bureaucratic level, which can be even more difficult to get, get something done. You know, it's not out in the open and in, uh, in committees and hearings and people have to publicly oppose the bill and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, if if more people come in Illinois and et cetera, and and in one of them's peer to peer, that would be awesome. But like, I don't like like 
the way what I'm hearing from you, Peter, is like this could be a one size fits all solution where this is just where we all go. Like, I don't think it'll end up being that way. I think it'll just be like every every game is posted by some sharp. Right. And so it's just the donks buying the line. Right. You know, this is how it's been explained to me. You know, in chat, if I'm wrong and you you guys bet on uh bookmaker all or matchbook all the time, let me know. But that's my understanding of it. You know, yeah, and in that specific version of it, I I was more thinking like what what could be analogous to DFS contest too, where it's like a line is posted and then it's almost like a double up kind of thing where half the people take one side and half take the other, and then they're just taking, you know, um, oh. their rake for that specific line. Like I'm just thinking, like how could it be more like a DFS lobby, but for for sports betting that would that would be cool yeah where they they still provide the line but i mean i don't know um that's actually isn't that the exact way they do it now <laughs> except no. they just ban us if we're good right but exactly where it's like there because one of the things that um and uh what's his face uh plus ev analytics talks in his article is how there is a lot of risk that obviously the sports bets, uh, sports books are taking on based on a bet. Like the range of outcomes for a single bet is a huge swing. And so that's hard for them. Whereas like DraftKings and in this model, they know they're getting the rake on this contest, this hundred man double up, and then they don't care what's happening after that. Whereas th they could get more battered. Uh, if things, if all the sharps grab the same line kind of thing, if that makes sense where I'm saying like, yeah. this would be like equal on, on both sides, but I don't, I don't have it fleshed out in my head. No, no, no. But I know, I know what you're getting at. Yeah. So like the, the user doesn't post the line, which would take away that whole heads up conundrum. And, um, somebody says in chat here, where was it? It was the paramutual betting. Yeah. Um, Andrew, this yeah. is the crypto one, right? Yeah. The predicted one is, isn't, isn't predicted. Who owns predicted? Is that I don't know who on that actually, but yeah, like um, that could be an option too. But like again, the, guys, this is all this is all. <laughs> you guys are all experts. Like at the state level, they have no fucking they fucking clue what you're talking about. Yeah, there's nothing to do with any of this stuff. Yeah, it's really just like they're talking to their allies, right? And like and and try and negotiate and not make too many enemies on the other side if at all possible. But like. When when poker was getting passed, I was I was down in Springfield, so I knew a lot of what was going down, or didn't ultimately did not get passed, unfortunately. But and like I would post on two plus two back in the day, and people would like DM me like, "Do you think they're gonna have hundred man sit and goes?" And it's like, it's like it's like guy, they have no idea what a sit and go is, or a cash game, or a GPP, or a tournament. They have no, there's farthest thing from their minds farthest thing from their mind like, and like if the budget wasn't like 15 million billion dollars in debt they wouldn't even be considering this bill at all and it's very unlikely to pass and you're and you're you want to call your congressman or whatever your state senator and go can we get 100 man's in, in goes in there like, yeah yeah kid i know what that is so like all these solutions like hey yeah great bring in the paramutual bring in the peer-to-peer you know what I mean? Like that, that's, um, and, and even in some of the, in the article, he offers some suggestions too. Um, but just like the overall s sentiment, like from all this stuff for me, is like someone who's never been worked at a capital. 
and they're and they're and they're experts in their field, and they're the ones who should be deciding the laws for sure. But that's just not the way it goes. Yeah. Um, I know that's like black pilled or whatever, negative. But um, I mean, I don't. I mean, I think about this shit constantly. <laughs> I really do. And I've worked there for, and I worked there for like six, seven years. So like, um, it's just like a really tough nut to crack, which is why I love crypto so much. I really think there's could be some sort of crypto solution that could kind of get rid of all these incentives and consequences that are all misaligned. There are no consequences. That's the, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Like I, I was Googling, uh, did I say this? I hope I didn't say this on the last podcast. I was probably, I was drinking a little bit on that one, but where um, I was trying to get to O'Hare the fastest way possible, right? For the flight. I haven't heard this. Yeah. And then in the article, for some reason, it's like, this is the fastest way. Uh, although Mayor Daly tried to uh, have a direct line from downtown to O'Hare um, and they spent $250 million building a hole. And in 2008, they, they stopped the project and just didn't do anything. It was just a hole. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, first of all, I'm like $250 million. Like, shouldn't you have to pay that back? Like there's, but anyways, the point, the point of that is there's no, there's no consequences. Right. So like if I have, but there is consequences. If you betray your casino in your district, mm-hmm. you better be damn sure there's consequences. Or if that's a union, if that's a union um, uh, center, like the, all the employees are unionized in it, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to pay for that. Like they're going to, they're going to oppose bills. They're going to spend money to get you out. They're going to cause, they're going to withhold money from the, the state party and the local parties and stuff like that. Um, there will be consequences there, but there won't be any consequences for like, for, for some for like for somebody like us, right? Like ruining, like, like when they stop poker and ruin thousands of people's lives, you know, they, they, don't, they don't have any fucking consequences. They spent $250 million digging a hole. They just fill it back up. And like, yeah, stuff, uh, t- tough break. Uh, two, <laughs> 250 mil. What's 250 mil amongst friends, right? Let's right. let bygones be bygones, right? And then very rarely is there ever any, any consequences. So like they could just keep voting for the casinos. Right. Yeah. One, one thing that, you know, I was, you know, vaguely sympathetic to from the sportsbook side that in that plus EV analytics article, he used the example of like a second half WNBA line and that these books just do not have the personnel and the resources to be able to manage and watch and put out the most efficient lines there. And to me, it's like, I think all of us would put up with less offerings at sports, but like whatever you guys want to provide that you're able to watch like a Hawk or whatever, but you're not going to limit sports betters. At least just put out what you can actually stay on top of because then theoretically, if they're good line makers, then they're just getting the rake on these bets and yeah. everyone is kind of getting what they want at the transaction. There's nothing that says you have to have second half WNBA lines, right? No, for sure. I mean, but they make money on those WNBA lines and it's not that hard to find out who's winning and boot them. Yeah. I mean... I also think like, so defending the books, you know, they, they make million, you know, thousands and thousands of lines is what he's saying. They make thousands and thousands of lines. So it's very hard. It's like, yeah, well, no, I mean, running a business is very hard. <laughs> running a hot dog stand is very fucking hard. I, I'm assuming, you know what I mean? Like running a business is tough. I think they should be allowed to make and sell hot dogs for any fucking price and switch them the price at a drop of a hat and sell to whoever they want. 
or not sell at all. It's their fucking hot dogs. Right. So like, I don't care if DraftKings wanted to do any sort of crazy uh, line or be all the lines, two lines, it would be none of their business. Like, but once you involve the state all this heavily, all that goes out the window. It's, do you want to use your power to change to to change it? it? It's not like these logic ideas, right? Like, no, well, we have to consider that DraftKings has a lot of lines, and so that's their thing. But then they're doing this marketing thing, and logically, from here to here, it does make sense, right? And so it's nothing to do with that. It's like, okay, are we? Do you want to use the state to coerce them into protecting the customers the way you see it? That's a moral conundrum you have to answer for yourself. And by the way, purely fill, uh, in the classroom, the philosophy classroom, because it's not fucking happening in the real world. Like, I mean, it's very unlikely that you're going to be able to change anything. Um, like Portnoy can't even get his casino in Florida. And he's way more powerful, rich, influential with followers and stuff than, you know, a thousand of us gamblers. Yeah. Um, so like if you like the, the, <laughs> the logic stuff is just like, I don't know. It, it, it's, I get it. It's cool. It's kind of fun, but it's pure like classroom philosophy class bullshit. It's like, do you think the state should coerce them to do X, Y, and Z? That's it. That's the only thing. And then how do you achieve that? Well, it's going to be really tough and it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. And Rasev says here, much of the state isn't going to see how this is better because the downside of gambling in their eyes isn't money goes from citizen to company. It's that citizens get addicted and lose tons. But it's taxes, right? It's a tax yeah. on stupid people. It's how they a lot of them see it. I mean, I've heard I heard that at the Capitol. Gambling's a tax on stupid people. Right. And I was like, I was just a professional poker player. Yeah. But yeah, gambling's a tax on stupid people and they it, do see everything as a revenue, and the state's different because they can't print money. Although they, they do occasionally get bailouts from the federal government, so they do have to have a con like a budget conscious state of mind, a little bit more. Yeah, and I mean it is like when you really simplify it, kind of how half Kelly was in that thread. It's 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 so hilarious because the the sports books are saying in in conjunction with what you know the state laws, it's like come on in in sports bet. Have fun. Here's even some ideas on some good bets for you, but don't have too much fun and get addicted. And also don't be too good that you hurt our bottom line, but come on in. It's right. fun. Like it's such a fucking absurd thing when you actually, you know, frame it like that, which is yeah. what is happening. Yeah. It's completely absurd. So like here, if use those things, try it, go ahead. Use those examples to convince, to convince the, the uh, people in power. I mean, go ahead, try good. You know, they're going to shake your hand and, and they're going to be very polite and they're very likable. A lot of them are very likable people and it's not going to do anything, but I, I completely agree. And I completely see that, uh, uh, point of view, you know, it's, 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 it's absurd, but it doesn't matter. Like you, like you will, you can literally go and sit down with a politician right now and tell them all that and like, wow, really? That's, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Okay. I'll look into it. I'll look into it and call and the barstool's uh, lobbyists will call them back and be like, oh, you don't understand. Here's how it is, right? And then they'll give him another line, and then he'll just memorize that line, and next time you come, he'll repeat it. Or she. Yeah. 
Skylar saying, don't most books just copy and paste their lines? A lot of those soft books that we're referencing, they're they're just copying and pasting from the market makers, but then they're still going and limiting and banning the the edge players. It's it's absurd. Do you what about this? If we like a strategy that maybe it will be possible. All gamblers, like everyone in our circles and sports betting, DFS, whatever, and we kind of like make a directed campaign on Twitter or whatever to Portnoy to be like, you should be the circa. You should be the bookmaker, man. This is right. Because it makes a lot of sense if someone explained it to him and then he can actually maybe actually change, you know, a barstool. Give us one more book that won't ban you. Yeah. It makes a ton. And then he can shit on all the competition and just yeah, the, relentlessly go after him. I like everything except having to be in bed with Portnoy to make this happen. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't mind Portnoy. I don't know a lot about him. I've never listened to any of their shows, honestly, on Barstool. I know people, I don't know, what are they, sexist or something or that? Something not good. I don't really know anything about it, but like, I seem like he doesn't like give a lot of money to, to charity or whatever. I don't know. But is it to your whole point, like, like his whole man of the people shtick is like, no, he's filthy rich and influential and he can't even do his man of the people bit because he's talking to the suits and they're saying, you're going to kill our bottom line. That's stuffing his pockets with money. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why it feels like he could possibly, I'm not saying the strategy is going to work. You know what I mean? If someone like made a line, I wouldn't, I would say like, you know, plus 1200, maybe probably even worse than that. But like, Maybe there's a chance that we can put enough pressure on him or maybe like make him see the light of day where he's like, okay, like we'll be close as we can to circle. Maybe we'll go and hire one of these old lines makers that are still looking for a job or hire out circus people. I don't know. Like it's comp competition wins. Right. And then, yeah. And like, maybe that's, that's something, maybe that's a little, a little like, cause like he, he feels like he could probably be, persuaded with this line of thinking and you're not going to persuade um, 50 states legislatures to protect you. I mean, maybe, maybe like one small state and maybe somebody can get in there. I don't know. Some, like just like the perfect situation somehow they don't have any casinos. And then once that legislation gets passed in at least one state, because that's kind of what we did all the time is like, so we'd have come up with an idea for a bill or it would be, and then it usually is in another, another state has that bill already or that program or another country. And you just copy past the, the legislation and then change it to fit your, um, your state's um, uh, uh, formatting. And then you'd have to go in and massage it a little more and then go to the, your lawyers and then, the legislative reference bureau anyways so but you you just copy it so like once there's one that's out there you know at least there's an example uh i that's even i think that's even a waste of time i don't know i'm just trying to think of some realistic strategies where where like listen if you just want to sit here and you know mental mess not you and me people i'm just saying like this whole argument that we've had because we our podcast yeah. was like a year old on this yeah and if we want to just talk about how bad it is and all these hypocritical things and how come this thing doesn't line up with that thing. That's not logical. Um, yeah. Let's, let's have fun. Like, I'm fine with the philosophy classroom. Trust me. But like um, uh, there's not, has there been any change at all on that meeting no. since how we did our podcast? 
We should try. I mean, we should try to have Rufus on. I mean, with his sports better coalition, I mean, aren't mm-hmm. these some of the kind of things he's, he's hoping to tackle with that? Yeah, definitely. We should, we should have, I, he said he would do our podcast. So we just probably just have to figure out a day that works for him. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, yeah. And like, you know, good luck to you. Like with your, you know, with the, with that association, but like you really have to get your knee, your, your hands dirty and get, and get litigious, get, you know, get in contact with, with a press that is probably going to be hostile to you and somehow, you know, convert them to your side. You know, it's, it's, it's mod, the modern era. So you're not going to get a, as much pushback as you would have, you know, in the eighties or nineties or something on like, no gambling's evil. Fuck you. You know, they might actually be open to it a little bit. I wouldn't hold my breath. And then just the cost, the sheer cost. So like, I can't remember what, like uh, once, you know, one session in Springfield for like a decent lobbyist is, I think it's like 15 grand. Um, something like that. And it might even be yeah. more And this. That was a while ago. I haven't worked in a long time, but maybe it's 20 grand now. Yeah. So you got and that like in and the big companies they hire more than one. So oh, like yeah. Poker Stars had like three. Um, and that's just that's just Illinois. Yeah. It's funny too thinking about it, you know, juxtaposed to a lot of stuff that's going on in crypto. And you look at, you know, decentralized finance right now, which is this just like absolute wild west of of Ponzi's and Ponzi nomics and stuff like that. Just today, there was a hack um, for it, you know, it was like a, a an absurd amount of Ethereum that was stolen. Um, you see it now with these NFT guys, you know, getting scammed out of their NFTs, and this is decentralized. Like you're shit out of luck. Like there's nothing that can be done for you here. And I assume too, like legislators look at that stuff and it's like well th- this is what would happen if we you know deregulated that that people would be getting scammed and they would you know like all this stuff and it's like it it's tough to find that that happy medium for at least the narrative that legislators would buy yeah they they will use that like or anything like that you know remember the poker hearings back in the day where they wheel up some guy's dumb kid who lost spent the call the call his college loan or something there's it's a like, story yeah, for I, everything. Yeah. It's like, yeah, your your kid's an idiot. I don't know. Raise them better. Like, how does that have to do with the seven million people or well, however many people were playing poker at that time? It was ridiculous for the young guys who don't know. The golden age of poker, man. Everybody played poker back then. I mean, the the there's just millions of people, and it's like, okay, so like because 0.1 percent. And we've done this before, P2. It's like uh if you compare like gambling addiction to like kleptomania percentages can't remember the other one i stat i referenced they're not that much different it's pretty low right and we have a lot of good data on this because the and england's been legal gambling forever right and they've had in other 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 countries so it's not like bad data and it's a very small percentage and it's mainly just men in a certain age group so like women should have no restrictions at all like if you i think no one should have any restrictions personally but like it doesn't even make sense on the data to have any sort of restriction in gambling on women. It's like, it's, it's like, what are we going to close down? We're going to put all these regulations on, you know, Macy's and department stores because there's a kleptomania percentage that's similar to the gambling percentage. It, they just use it as a shield to protect their allies. It's nothing to do with protecting you. It's just a line that they use, you know, like, um, right. 
yeah, I mean, I think I think everyone <laughs> knows this knows these things. It's just hard. It's just hard when you're in knee, knee deep in it and you know so much about gambling. And I sympathize with 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 these guys like completely. And it's hard. You're like, look at look at. I can prove this is wrong. I know a lot about yeah. this. You know, read my tweets and hopefully this gets viral and we can make a change. And it's like, bro, they don't care. And it's because you're not their ally. And you're fed this democracy thing since you were a kid that makes you think that this is the way it's supposed to work. And it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it does. It does feel like a, a hopeless cause at, at times for sure. Um, although the, the crypto stuff reminded me you did uh, and not, not to abruptly change the topic, but you did tease that you were in a potential crypto bar fight that I desperately need to hear about. I was at the bar. My brother came down to the the uh, uh, to the beach bar that we were at, and uh, and I was telling him my my Ubi coin idea, right? The whole incentives yeah. and consequences thing that's on my website. People want to check it out. I still hope somebody will take me up on that. But um, and I noticed this guy was like overhearing us, like his ears were perking up. Anyways, and so he eventually butted into our conversation. Can you paint it? Can you paint like a little picture, like what age bracket? What did he look like? Two dudes from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, right around thirty-five years old. The other guy looked like Andy from Club Top Shots. Okay, so like hipsters. Same hipster yeah. mustache. I mean, I was I was going to take a picture of him. I'll, you'll you'll hear why in a second why I didn't. But I was going to take a picture of him and send it to you. Like, doesn't this look like fucking Andy? <laughs> Anyways, and so the guy like butts in and he's a Bitcoin maxi. Okay, here we go. Hard car. Like if anyone listens to Dave, Davis Mannix podcast, take us, he talks about how much he hates Bitcoin maxis. This was like the prototypical guy Davis hates. And um, uh, uh, anyways, and so he butts in, blah, blah, blah. Ask me what I do, of course. And then eventually we ask him what he does. And he says he's retired as a Bitcoin investor. Like, okay, that's fine. He's probably like 35, could be a little younger, whatever. So, and he said he started he started investing five years ago. I was like, wait, did that math add up? I can't think of it, but anyways. And then he starts talking about how NFTs are fucking shit. And I'm like, I don't know why I did this, but I was like, I'm gonna defend NFTs. <laughs> yes, Brian, that's a part of defending <laughs> NFTs. I love it. And so, so my argument is always just okay. Like usually, you can go okay. Do you th do you think do you think um, baseball cards have a market, right? I mean, I think this is the easiest for like a, a normie way to understand. Was he just that. saying they were stupid, or was he saying they're a scam? No, he was saying they're 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 a fraud. The whole okay. thing's a fraud. Like so, he he went hardcore, and I'm like, come yeah. on, come on, come on, dude. You're a fucking Bitcoin maxi, clearly. And he was and he was referencing Safadi Namino's uh, um, Bitcoin standard <laughs> guy. I'm telling you, this guy was yeah. like, check, check mark, check mark, check mark, Bitcoin maxi. And he doesn't follow anyone except him. He has nine. He follows only nine people. He told me on Twitter. So I'm like, do you know any? And he's like, oh, I'm in Austrian economics. I'm like, okay, do you follow them? Anyone from the Mises? And you know, Bob Murphy, people of what? like ten people doesn't follow anybody. Anyways. And so, uh, so he started arguing that you don't you don't own any of the pixels, and this is where he got me. He got you because I did. I I thought they did. I wasn't sure. So, like he he his claim was you don't own any of the pixels, and then they could change that 
to whatever they wanted if they want, whoever you bought it from. So you just own the hyperlink was his argument. I don't think that's completely true. I do think there's certain contracts where the, uh, I think it's IPFS data can be updated, but there's some where the contract does not allow it to be updated. So I, I'm pretty sure that's not universally the case on that. That's exactly what I said. And I didn't say, but I looked up later too, but there's also like dimensions and stuff in the code, like exactly what it should look like and stuff like that, like in the actual uh, minting process. But like, I didn't know, and I didn't know enough to defend, to like, to, to go, to like go at him at that point. But like, honestly, I didn't think it mattered. And my brother was half in the bag. And so he started getting pretty angry because he just didn't like the guy. Is your brother into crypto or NFTs? No. Well, yeah. I mean, he he's not like us. Like he used to mine Bitcoin back in the day. Okay. Like, he's, a, he's a computer guy. Gotcha. But he, he, uh, he got robbed and they, and they, and like, and they, all his hard drives were taken and like all his Bitcoin was stolen. And so like at the time he's like all pissed off and he just didn't want to do it anymore. And so he's just not into it as much as we are anyways. And so this, this guy, uh, I got him to agree that like baseball cards have value, even though you could completely make a replica of them. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like who determines, the value on that. Well, it's the first one that everyone in the in the market agree. Like you could think baseball cards are the dumbest thing ever, right? But they can they still do have some market value. And him and my brother were going at it so hard, like he just was starting to agree with me. And then this whole pixel thing and whether it was incorporated was <laughs> got it. and it was luckily last call. And I'm like, okay, you know, it's nice meeting you guys, Jay. We gotta go. And, and it was getting it was getting pretty bad, but like you know, it was the biggest nerd bar argument like I've ever been a part of. It sounds so good. And it was purely like I, I was like, you fucking Bitcoin maxi. Like, okay, I can you, I can understand like you think it's stupid. Like I completely but understand that. If you distill Bitcoin down to it, it sounds just as stupid. You own a piece of code on a blockchain. That that's what you own. When you own an NFT, you right. own a piece of code on a blockchain. Right. It's this. It's the same thing. It just has has different meaning and different rules governing that blockchain. And the thing, like, and he's he's like, I'm gonna, you know, I like the uh, uh um, the Austrian economics. It's like value is subjective is the core principle of Austrian economics. Like one of them. It's like so the like stupid baseball cards can go for five million dollars. Like. And that's fine. That's what Austrians agree. That is that is fine because value is subjective. So like NFTs can be subjectively valuable, right? Like because clearly he just read the Bitcoin standard, and it says Austrian you know economists in there you know a hundred times. So he's like, okay, that must be what I am. But like it's just only Bitcoin. Everything else is fucking garbage. And it's and and um, what a dumb fucking bar argument. <laughs> Uh, Kyle uh, was really hoping it ended. It how, how heated did it get? Were you guys yelling at one point? No, no, I was completely reasonable the whole time. My brother was getting getting upset. That's yeah, that's it. That's incredible. And it's like this guy butted his way into your conversation. Yes, he butted his way into our our conversation because he wanted to say he was a retired Bitcoin investor. Yeah, I that that's so funny. It, yeah. It's like you you might be a little biased uh, if you bought you know Bitcoin at you know fifty dollars and now are retired. He also he didn't know what the flow chain was. He didn't know like any of the 
like he like clearly he's not like looking at coin market cap and all the and, you like, try anything to sh- else right he's you like just, you know i just gotta keep i'm just gonna keep uh pumping money into bitcoin that's it but buy and hold biden buy and hold and it's like well then how do you live well i sell <laughs> a little bitcoin and I'm like okay well how do you buy more if you don't have a job the bitcoin maxi they sell the top for their baseline living expenses nice you know filet mignon cuts and then when the dip happens then they use some of that money when they sold at the top to rebuy back at all-time lows it's actually incredible how they're able to do it uh so perfectly yeah so i'm uh, officially next time i talk to davis on his pod i'm gonna have to i didn't he's hated them more than anyone right like that we know like he makes the a note of it and uh as Lou, as Lou pointed out in the chat earlier, Dave, Davis is uh, a closeted Bitcoin maxi uh, secretly. Uh, <laughs> he kind I, of, yeah. He, he's not, he, this is the distinction. He's not a toxic Bitcoin maxi, but I think if you checked his bags, uh, it would reveal that uh, on the ledger, he's a Bitcoin maxi. I don't know. I think that's like when somebody's like, you're a racist. It's like, my wife is a person of color. Like That kind of means he's not a racist. It's like, he's got ETH. Tons of it, you know. What I mean, he's got all these different NFTs. That is not a Bitcoin Maxi make, you know what I mean? Like this guy yeah. actively gets in bar fights, you know, to to show what a Maxi he is. Is that like the I, future of bar fights? I, I'm just laughing thinking about this Davis thing because he has had some of those hardcore Bitcoin Maxis on the Tate Cast. And just thinking of, you know, I assume in his thousands of followers that there's now a group of Bitcoin maxis that have followed him because of that content. And then envisioning this summer when Davis was pumping a few of just like the shittiest NFT projects on Twitter and just imagining the Bitcoin maxis unfollowing him for tweeting out the golden pups NFT link. That's <laughs> why Twitter. he hates them probably because that exactly happened. And they're like, they're like, you're such a traitor. <laughs> yes you're you're supposed to be living he's pumping uh, he's pumping uh digital cat pics yeah um all right we're uh we're gonna shut this down brian vacation brian is ending back back That's to it. chicago back to the grind back to the all cold right. you know one more last trip to the bar get in some crypto fights <laughs> no, maybe at the maybe at the bar at the airport you never know what if they were there that'd be so good <laughs> yeah I, I now i am bummed that you didn't get the image because i would have loved to have had the visual of this guy i'm, t- I'm telling you the, the, the nice he's the nicer one it wasn't the maxi he looked spitting image like andy okay that that wasn't the maxi that no andy that wasn't the maxi. Like. Okay. all right well that that makes me feel good that i don't have to ever associate andy as a toxic bitcoin maxi there you um, go um all right guys uh audio uh will be up as usual in a little bit uh we are here every single Wednesday. If you uh, have the energy and gumption to launch uh, a sports betting coalition, uh, you know, uh, let us know. You know, we're going to continue to fight the we're on board. We're, or just do philosophical class discussion. Uh, yeah. One of the two. Um, Someone right, comes with a good idea. Let's hear it. <laughs> we'll hear it. Uh, we'll see you guys next week.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.